Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptid Corner with your host, Justin Crunkleton, and on behalf of Tacoma Falls College Eagle Radio team. This week, we're giving honor to one of the best and most well-known folklore or cryptid stories of Eastern Europe. Deep in the Russian and Ukrainian woods, people tell stories in villages of a small hut in the woods. Skulls light the top of fences. The hut is said to shuffle and move around in the woods at night on two spindly chicken's legs. Inside that hut lies a witch, old and crooked, with a long spindly nose and a cry as evil as the night. Today we will discuss the Baba Yaga. In Slavic folklore, the Baba Yaga is a supernatural being, one or sometimes a trio of sisters, who also bear the same name, who appear as a deformed and or ferocious looking old woman. In fairy tales, Baba Yaga flies around in a mortar, wields a pestle, and dwells deep in the forest in a hut, usually described as standing on chicken's legs. Baba Yaga may help or hinder those that encounter or seek her out, and may play a maternal role. She has occasions with forest associations with forest wildlife, according to Vladimir Propp's folktale mythology. Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga commonly appears as either a donor or a villain, or maybe altogether ambiguous. Andrea Johns identifies Baba Yaga as quote one of the most memorable and distinctive figures in Eastern European folklore and observes that she is enigmatic and often exhibits striking ambiguity. John summarizes Baba Yaga as a, quote, many-faceted figure capable of inspiring researchers to see her as a cloud, moon, death, winter, snake, bird, pelican, or earth goddess, totemic matriarchal, matriarchal ancestress, female initiator, phallic mother, or archetypal image. This all goes to say that uh, Baba Yaga is not quite always seen as an evil witch, um, but mostly she is a witch, an alchemist, a uh, magic user. Something about her is supernatural, cryptic. Um, In different stories, Baba Yaga is either seen as truly a, a blatantly evil antagonist or sometimes a guiding maternal figure who is simply misunderstood. Either way, she is typically in modern times used to uh, kind of scare children into keeping out of the woods at night. A real boogeyman type story. Apart from her unique uh, getaway vehicle of a mortar and pestle, you know, that thing you use in cooking, that you uh, crunch down herbs and things of the like, uh, she uses the mortar, uh, the bowl part, to ride in, and the pestle, the crushing wand, to kind of paddle herself through the air. It's kind of funny to me. To get into the etymology of Baba Yaga, um, the first element is considered a babble word in East Slavic language. In Old East Slavic, Baba means midwife, sorceress, or fortune teller, and that gives into the word Babusia, or grandmother. 
and modern Ukrainian, and Babkia, grandmother, and Polish. In Serbo-Croatian, Bosnian, Macedonian, and Bulgarian, Baba means grandmother or old woman. But in contemporary Polish and Russian, Baba is the pejorative synonym for woman, especially one that is old, dirty, or foolish. Yaga is more etymologically problematic, and there is no clear consensus among scholars about its meaning. In the 19th century, Alexander Afanasyev proposed the derivation of Proto-Slavic Oz and Sanskrit Ahi, serpent. This etymology has been explored by 20th century scholars. Related terms appear in Serbo-Croatian Jeza, horror, shudder, or chill, Slovene Jeza, anger, or Old Czech Ziz, which, which legendary evil female being, modern Czech Zizinka, wicked wood nymph, uh, and the list goes on and on of the different uh, possibilities of Yaga. Either way, in East Europe, saying the sound, making the sounds, Baba Yaga, you're going to be understood as old uh, woman, which they'll understand the connotation. How old is her legend? The first clear reference to Baba Yaga occurs in 1755. Mikhail V. Lomonosov's Russian grammar is Lomonosov's grammar. In Lomonosov's grammar, Baba Yaga is mentioned twice among other figures, largely from Slavic tradition. The second of the two mentions occurs within the list of Slavic gods and beings next to their presumed equivalents in Roman mythology. Baba Yaga, however, appears in a third section without an equivalence, highlighting her perceived uniqueness even in this first known attestation. Baba Yaga frequently bears the epithet Baba Yaga Krustiania Noga, bony leg, and when inside of her dwelling she may be found stretched out over her stove, reaching from one corner of the hut to the other. Baba Yaga may sense and mention the Ruskim Dukom, Russian scent, of those that visit her. Her nose may stick into the ceiling, particular emphasis that may be placed by some narrators of the repulsiveness of her body. In some takes, a trio of Baba Yagas appear as sisters, all sharing the same name. For example, in a version of The Maiden Tsar, collected in the 19th century by Alexander Afanasyev, Ivan, a hand of merchant's son, makes his way to the home of one of these three Baba Yagas. With so many iterations of Baba Yaga, I feel it is uh, most important to tell the tale of um, the one we had spoken about earlier. The story of Vasilasa or Vasilisa. It's kind of like a um, a Cinderella type story. And I'll tell it to you now. I'll give you the plot. <clears throat> a girl is born to a man whose wife dies during her childhood. A single father um, to his beautiful young daughter 
She grows up some until he finds another wife. She now has a stepmother and two step-siblings, two stepsisters. The stepsisters went around their father, uh, love her and treat her with respect and whatnot, but they envy her because of her beauty and intelligence. They say that when we're around your father, we're complacent, but when not around, we'll show you what we have, show you what we think of you. The mother, stepmother, agrees in this sentiment and uh, gives them tasks for the day when the father leaves for town. One of the tasks, the task for the two sisters is rather mundane, as you can imagine, and she tasks young Isavala with, or Vasilisa, with the task of going to Baba Yaga's in the woods and gathering a light for them. Petrified by this, the girl turns to the comfort of her doll, who her father and mother told her that as long as they feed the little rag doll that they made for her a little bit of biscuit and a little bit of milk every morning, that the doll would be there to encourage her in her time of need. Returning to her dolls without knowing what to do, the doll encourages her and tells her to go to the hut and she will find no harm. Upon approaching the hut, seeing the spindly chicken legs and the uh, burning skulls that sit atop the fence, Baba Yaga approaches her and, in fact, is rather welcoming. In fact, tells her to call her Babushka, meaning grandmother. She's delighted by this and goes into the house. Um, a small hut with a, a nice blanket stretched over a stove where Baba Yaga lays. She said, I'll give you a task for the next day. And I'll give you a light when you're done. When I'm out for the day, if you can cook me my dinner, split these peas, gather this water, and count the many stars in the sky. Do all of this and have it ready by morning. <clears throat> um, she agrees to this. Seems as though pretty simple, except for the final part, that is. But what choice does she really have? Baba Yaga flies off. And with each task seemingly uh, impossible, once she gets past the cleaning and the cooking part, uh, the splitting the what seems to be thousands of white and black peas separating them. She doesn't know what she'll do until a masked rider, cloak and white, comes running down the road on horseback. She looks outside the window and parishions him to come save her, and he, without a word, turns and runs past the shack. Disappointed, she turns back to find all the peas already sorted for her. With exclaim, she is obviously very grateful and happy. But now she must figure out how to fill the water bucket, which now she realizes is a water sieve, something not meant to hold water. How she's going to figure out how to fill that up. Well, she goes down to the river bend, and here's another set of horse, foot, horse steps galloping towards her. Upon turning around, she finds a red-cloaked horseman, who snatches the sieve from her and runs past and throws it up through the window of the hut. 
Bewildered, she runs back to the hut and to find the sieve full of water and holding. And quickly she fills up the tank inside the hut with it before it can leak. Lastly, she lays down at night and gives the, uh, gives the doll its biscuit and milk and looks up to the stars wondering how she's going to count so many. As she falls asleep, trying her best, another soft trot finds her and a calm, soothing voice whispers a number into her ear. Very grand and great. In the morning, Baba Yaga finds her and she relays. She's impressed that she's done all this day's work. But sadly, since she totally cannot count the number of stars in the sky, then she must know that she's lost. Well, as she gives her the number that was spoken to into her mind, Baba Yaga is incredibly distraught. She's angry, she's stomping, she's wondering how she could do that. And before realizing that all these tasks were aided by those of the horsemen, Baba Yaga says that those horsemen were morning, day, and night, forces of nature in the universe, and the fact that they chose to help her means that she must be pure and in tune, and that she will not hurt her. This goes as well as that Baba Yaga must keep her promise. She gives her the light and sends her on her way and says, this light will be perfect for your sisters and stepmother. Upon returning home, she shines the light to her mother and her sisters, and they turn to dust, leaving her alone again with her father, to which she grows older, happier, and is taken in to be wed by a prince one day. Now that is a much shortened and condensed version of the story, the main story of the Baba Yaga that is most popular. And all this goes to say, what do we think about this piece of culture? I think it's a very rich and uh, cool piece of culture. I think that um, it's cool that East Europeans find an alchemist or a witch to um, base their boogeyman theories and stories around. Uh, makes me wonder where the chicken leg houses come from and things of that nature. I've heard rumors that it was the based on the houses that had stilts. But I can't be sure on that. Um, with these type of stories being so congruent over the years, makes you wonder if there ever actually was an old witch that lived out in the woods in Russia, or Siberia, or one of those East European nations. It could be possible. And that's the kind of stuff we love to think about. I'm glad you joined me on this episode. This was very fun. I'm glad I got to pay homage to such a great legendary cryptic figure of East Europe. I thank you again as your host, Justin Crunkleton, and on behalf of the Tacoa Falls College Evil Radio team, we hope to see you again next time.